0: This podcast is brought to you by Validation, the newest prescription medication that immediately fills you with the feeling of a thousand likes. Validation is scientifically proven to fill you with the confidence that only comes from directly caring about what other people think. It's from all 100% natural ingredients that are for sure not fucking up your regular human dopamine levels. Validation comes in all sorts of flavors, like my father came home, or Keisha from high school watched my story, or strawberry kiwi. Ask your doctor about validation today. Yo, what's up? We back. It's Joel, Joel Boyd, your host, comedian, actor, writer. It's me again. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for coming back to episode 102. We got Jeremy Tardy on the show today. Amazing actor. He's from my hometown. We get into it a little bit. But uh, I just want to let you guys know before we get into it, we do a little intro. That's just me and Ralph kicking it before we bring in our guest. Just want to let you know that uh, Jeremy did a great job. It's such a great episode. It's such an amazing, insightful interview. Just want to let you know we had to interview him virtually. His voice may sound a little different than ours, but we did it over Zoom, and it's still a great conversation. Just want to let you know uh, the, the sound quality might be a little different. Than you're used to in the pilot we try to do our interviews where people come in person but you know sometimes we can't do it and uh that's just what happened on this one so enjoy without further ado welcome to high power
1: So well, how you doing? You doing good?
0: I'm good, man. I my girlfriend's about to move in. It's, it's one of those times. How I'm many, excited, man. How many I mean, square
1: feet is the apartment?
0: Square feet, it's over a thousand. It's it's okay. probably not two thousand.
1: All right, if it's over a thousand, then you're fine.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a good space for two people.
1: Okay. So yeah, man, I'm excited. I've never lived with.
0: A partner before all right it's uh have you
1: yes i have yeah yeah it's good as long as you have um a thousand feet i feel like <laughs> that's the that's the thing i'm saying if you're in a relationship and your square feet is like 600 you're gonna break up there's no, way. <laughs> there's, no fucking, there's no fucking way you're making it like there's no way like i will say this yeah. living with Your girlfriend is a beautiful experience. Yeah. It's also a learning experience as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah.
1: So you're going to learn a lot about you. You're Mm going to learn a lot about what a relationship actually is. Like, yeah, the fun is going to happen, but also, like, the stress of. Yeah. And I I know the last time I warned somebody about, like, not warn. I hate that. I'm not warning you. I'm just like advising like it's it's fun but there's it's not all peaches and cream and right. you have to have like the mentality to like hey we're a solid team like just we're solid and mm-hmm. it could work you and your significant other are like a solid team we are like, yeah you guys are solid so yeah I, I know it's gonna and it's a thousand that that's the important
0: <laughs> if you said let's List, listen at home," let's just do some measurements yeah. if it's 600 no nah,
1: it's not gonna work' yeah. It's not gonna work yeah like, I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. It's not going to work in 600 feet and you guys don't have like a solid, solid, yeah. like, go, like, cause you guys are driven. Yeah. You guys know what you want in life. And you also, like, so those are things. And we both
0: enjoy solitude. That's okay. just true. Like, we've, nice. we've had, I think people get nervous. You know, we've had a, a lot of great, vulnerable conversations. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we started dating during the pandemic, but it was like, now we're gonna have more, I'm sure. I'm sure this happens with any any gender type of relationship but p- some people get offended. Some people mm. get offended when you're mm-hmm. just like, "Hey babe, I know you want to hang out tonight." I really cuz for me like even I don't tell people this a lot, but I've had social anxiety since I was like very small. Like I've always been nervous. Mm. Talking to people is is can take a lot of energy from me. Mm-hmm. So I I she knows that about me and I'll be like, "Yo, if we're going to go to this party or if we're going to hang out for a few days in a row like I probably will need that night where I'm just doing nothing, mm-hmm. just in my house, smoking, and just on my balcony looking at the clouds and the stars. And yeah. that's all I can do. And she knows that, and we talk about that. Like, but it is timing. It's like there's some times where I'm like, "Damn, now I really do want to hang out with you," or and you need solitude. So mm-hmm. that's like, mm-hmm. it's difficult. Those moments are difficult. But
1: trust me, it was a point in when I was dating and I, we were living together where I would go into a small closet that we had in an apartment because yeah. I knew that was the only place that was like, I can. I was like, yo, this is my meditation closet. Like, yeah, don't yeah. come in here while I'm in here. <laughs> don't knock on my door. It was getting to that point where I was just like in a small closet just like laying down and just... And it wasn't even a big enough closet for me to just lay down in. It was yeah. just like I needed that space to be right. by myself and it was getting taxing. It was getting like, and did it cost... I don't think the space cost it. I think like when you're not a solid, like if you don't know what you want in your life and you're just going through the motions of just being a relationship Mm -hmm. and then you add that on top of living with somebody and just like learning their habits. Okay, I mean, okay, that's okay. where relationships go to die. Echo Park <laughs> <laughs> apartments aren't big enough, but uh, <laughs> but I I am grateful for that relationship. I'm grateful that I did live with a, a like a woman. I had never yeah. done that before, mm-hmm. and it I is. still like I still care for this person as a friend. Like we're not like enemies. Like da-da-da. It's right. just like it was time to what's that? It was that It's
0: like uh, was Chris Rock talk about the you gotta you gotta love the crust of a motherfucker.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much it, you nigga. You do like, yeah, yeah. Oh, Chris Rock. Um, but uh, <laughs> I feel like it's gonna be a good thing. You guys are already a good couple, like solid. Yeah. You guys don't it's give me anxiety. Fun. Like couples, yeah. couples that give me anxiety and they're like, we're moving together. We're like, oh, <laughs> oh whoa, dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Why? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yes, bro. It's just like okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah sure. Sure, that's I literally. You ever
0: catch yourself going the high voice on accident? Like if somebody asks you a question, you like, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> and like, and you just like, and you, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You try to correct yeah, yeah. it. Oh shit! You think yeah. it's too fast? Nah, yeah, no, 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 no. Nah, y'all, y'all good. Y'all, yeah, good. y'all good, y'all good, y'all, y'all good, y'all good, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. It is her house now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, like, fuck with, whatever you thought it was going to happen, I'm going to do this. she be like, yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Let me take care of our home. You know what I mean? That's what's really going to happen.
0: That is. That's the phrase. I feel like I have a house. It's going to be a home now.
1: Oh, you know? that's chilly. I like that. I'm getting chills. It's, it it's a beautiful thing, bro. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I'm not lying to you. I feel like you're all going to have a nice home. It's gonna be nice. a nice, creative, light skinned home. Like yeah. y'all both like <laughs> re- Like you know what I'm saying? Y'all y'all it's gonna be peaceful. You know what I'm saying? Y'all yeah, gonna be yeah. Y'all, y'all gonna be laughing. The
0: plants. And it's gonna be. Oh, y'all day. got plants. A lot of plants.
1: All right. Y'all getting a pet? Not yet. I don't
0: think. I don't yeah. even know if we can in that building.
1: Well, it, yeah. It's still young. Still a young relationship. Yeah, yeah. I think the pets are coming though. I feel like <laughs> you guys are. She
0: likes cats though. I'm like.
1: Uh... No offense to anybody. Yeah, yeah. Who has a cat out there? But... I mean, cat people are great. Yeah, yeah. The people are great. Yeah. The cats. cats are just um, all over.
0: I don't, it's like hard to figure them out. I'm like,
1: oh, and they're all to you. Yeah, bro. Like, <laughs> like just, they always look like me. So, like, they know I'm not a cat person. Like, yeah. cats look at me like, nigga, yeah. It's the cats that act like dogs that are like my friends. That like, they'd be shit. like, hey, what's up? They'll be like, what's up? And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: We have a great guest, man, Jeremy Tardy. Great actor. Great actor from Milwaukee. That's my, my hometown. But yeah, you'll know him from Dear White People, 68 Whiskey on Paramount Plus. He's done guest roles for ballers on HBO, War Dogs, The Great Film. He also has a uh, a short film coming out, King Henry, in which he plays the title role. So hopefully when, you know, that's hitting festivals, y'all can check it out. Please support the man doing amazing things. I mean, he surprised us a few times. On the interview coming up, you guys will hear. He's working on music now. I mean, you know, y'all gotta keep up with him. So follow him on IG at Jeremy Tardy. That's J E R E M Y T A R D Y. I I will say he's one of the most effortlessly inspiring people that I know.
1: Talk about vibrations. Talk about a lot of good. This is a great episode. If you're listening at home, this is one to tune into and realize that anything is possible. If you just really know who you are as a person, and you continue to search for your voice, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah. And I know you guys. You know, we release this show purposefully on on Sundays because we like y'all to kind of. It's a day where we all are kind of chilling, and you know, some of y'all are are getting over the hustle and bustle of the last week, or you getting ready for the next week. But it is a day where we kind of all have time to uh, reflect. So, you know, we do that on purpose, but I think this is definitely one of those episodes where y'all are going to kind of see like the power of taking that time, taking that silence, being comfortable, finding yourself, finding your thoughts, finding what you think. And, uh, you know, we don't want to spoil it because uh, he, he said some some really amazing, insightful things. And yeah, bro. I mean, this dude is living multiple lifetimes out in one.
1: hmm and he has perfect skin. I know you guys can't see it, but yeah. just like, just perfect skin, velvet, <laughs> velvet chocolate. That's what it was.
0: So. Yeah, man, we are gonna let y'all hear this little commercial break, and then we'll hear the wonderful musings of the great Jeremy tardy right after this you ever just wake up and go to your closet and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to wear today, but I want to feel like myself. Like I want to feel dope. I want to feel super charged. Like I'm a superhero putting on my uniform. You know where you need to go? Alert Clothing Brand. These guys are a young fashion company doing amazingly positive things. I mean, they have premium materials. They have t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and an all original designs with these creative sayings that just let you know that you are coming into your power as a human being. They they try to really encourage everybody who's a part of their movement to enlighten themselves and stay vigilant on a journey of finding the best you. You know what I mean? You you, you want to feel like you you on your purpose, like you you confident, like you feeling self awareness and self development. So I need you to go ahead and get your fashion game up. Go to alert.com. That's A-L-L-I-R-T.com. And you can also keep up with them at alert brand on Instagram. And when you get to that website, I need you to do one thing for me. You got a discount code only from us at High Power Podcast. Go ahead and type in PowerPod on the checkout. All right. That's your code. Go ahead and type in PowerPod for an exclusive discount only from high power listeners. So go ahead and get into the best self that you possibly can with Alert clothing brand. All right? They are here to remind you that you are a god having a human experience. Alert.com. People don't know like or or you know anybody who does know you or knows me separately, but for anybody who doesn't know, we grew up in Milwaukee. I didn't Where did you live when you grew up? <laughs> Where were
2: you? I lived. We moved a lot, <laughs> oh. um, mostly on the north side. So I remember, you know, as early as maybe three or four, living on um, like First and Lloyd. Yeah. yeah. Um, so not too far from where Elm was. Uh, oh. where moved oh. Elementary school. But we moved all over throughout my childhood. Mostly mm-hmm. the north side. I lived on the south side for a little and, bit. And Elm was like, um, it was pretty much the art elementary school, right?
0: It was at K-5? Mm-hmm. through five?
2: Yeah, the fifth grade. You were, you was at Elm, right? No, I
0: th- I, I went to... Uh, I don't know if my parents was worried about losing me. I went to 54th Street, so it was right wait, up... Wait, you 54th. didn't go to Elm? No, so I did... I went to the arts middle school. I went to Lincoln, I think wait, by... Wait, that.
2: we never went to school together. I've no. been telling people... Yeah, no, no, we went to school together. We went to school, so it was through first stage that we met. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could have sworn you went to Elm. No, wow. no. I've, been, I've been just telling people your whole bio. Yeah, we, we we went to Elm. We know each other from way back elementary hey. school.
0: She no, it was
2: basically around the time of Watsons go to Birmingham then. That we met. Yeah, because I had did, we did that play and we we weren't in the same cast, right? No, but we, you know how, for, for people who don't know, First Stage Children's Theater is uh, a very important theater in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They, wow. they um, Shout out. do shows and also do in-school programming for youth in the Milwaukee area. Yeah, and that was I mean, one of the me, top-rated
0: children's theaters, I think, in the country
2: in the last. Yeah, oh, eight. they're great. I mean, yeah. at a very early age, thankfully, going to Elm, we would have field trips to go see the plays there, yeah. and I imagine you did too, along with so many other kids throughout Milwaukee. They would put on different plays, and for me, it was a dream to be able to to be able to do plays with them to do theater because that was the only way I could see myself ever getting close to being on TV was just uh-huh. to be on the stage. And we did this play, which was how Joel and I met, I want to say around 2003, 2004. I think it was, um... What? It was it? Yeah, it had to be like 08 or... or... It could have been that, that damn.
0: Because my first play okay. there, I was in Smoldering Fires in
2: 06. So it was after that, okay. Yeah. So, so maybe that's... like 07, 08, I guess that tracks. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, The play was called The Watsons Go to Birmingham, 1963. It's based on a book, a children's book. So they turned it into a play. And how they do it is they do, since you're working with child actors, they do two casts. They double cast each role. And Joel and I were in two different casts. Yeah. But um, throughout the course of the run, which was at least a month or, or probably a month and a half, yeah. There'll be days when I was playing the older brother and Joel was playing the younger brother. So there'll be days when we'd actually end up doing it together because one of the other actors would have to be out for one reason or another. Right, right. right. So I guess that's I'm putting it together now that we met through that process.
0: Yeah, but I mean I hadn't so you know, for anybody who uh is thinking about putting their their child into those classes, two just I just want to say this for anybody listening that's in the Milwaukee area, there's also the Academy. Mm-hmm. So First Age Academy, I think there's summer programs. There's fall. I think you can do any time of year, spring. But summer is obviously the most popular. The most kids are there. I, ho- I hope this is still true. This was, we were doing this in like, you know, early, mid 2000s. But I just want to say that too, because I, I think you were there. I think I had known of you at um Summer Academy because there was a, uh, what 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 was the group the of kids who would always do the Shakespeare Young Company? Young Company. Yeah, the Young Company. Yeah, you uh, were in, I think you were in Young Company and I was like still considering like,
2: am I gonna do that or just keep doing improv? Because I were like doing, you were doing improv. Yeah. I, <laughs> and oh man, it was great. To this day, I've gone to just 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 to you know blow your head up. Mm. I have seen stuff at Groundlings. I have seen stuff at, um, what's the other place? Citizens Brigade? UPC, yeah, yeah, UCB. UCB or whatever they call it. Um, and I know, you know, they track into doing SNL and other different things like that. But to this day, some of the stuff I've seen you and others doing, what was it, Organized Chaos, the Improv, yeah. thing, has been some of the funniest stuff that I've seen. <laughs> But like I said, I've seen the pros do it. I've seen, you know, adults do it. I've, you know, college and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. there was something special about that time period, really um, nice. uh, which we were there working on projects or learning or taking classes. Mm-hmm. And I've since, since graduating, I've gone back and taught there. And it's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same. That magic, that, that era of it kind of being a real... Kind of a molding pot for young artists mm-hmm. it's just not really that anymore well you know
0: when you talk about that time period you know we were i didn't have a cell phone until i was 15. you know what i mean like yeah,
2: like 16 17. Years.
0: i think mm-hmm. and i don't know what year that probably was but i was definitely at that theater academy for years doing the summer programs and doing, you know, improv classes and all those things. But yeah, man, no, a lot of the kids didn't have phones. Like Facebook was kind of new, like during that time period. So I feel like when you talk about even just, you know, the creativity level of the kids that, that was, it was able to exist at that time. It's like, you know, we were growing up that it was, it was just true. We were grew up in a time where like, it was legit exciting for me to go outside and go knock on my neighbor's door. I mean, you know, this is 1990s type shit, early two thousands. Like, I don't know if kids still do this. I hope they do. But it's like, you know, it was just a more communal time in the world where like, it was, I think we were able to be more creative as kids. And obviously I think kids nowadays are, are creative in different ways with with technology and with you know TikTok and all these cool new things but it's like man i don't i don't know i think back then it, it was almost like we were primed to be that creative because like you know i legit wanted to go outside and like play basketball and like be goofy in a time where like like you were saying bro like it wasn't i didn't have a phone where i could go make a youtube video and post myself really to to like you said you know we had dreams of being on TV or being in movies all these things it was literally we had to go create those opportunities for ourselves we had to get on stage you, mm-hmm. you had to go you had to go work on your craft like I don't know I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing but when you talk about going back and it's different I don't know
2: well I I, I agree with you I do think that technology has definitely changed the um, nature of just childhood and and imagination. And I think that that keys yeah, into yeah. what you were saying. I mean, as a kid, we didn't have, I can't speak for you, but I know I didn't have a whole lot. You know, we had video games, but even then video games, you know, the graphics weren't that great. It was yeah. still exciting and everything. Sega,
0: Sega but, Genesis. Yeah, you know,
2: <laughs> 64, you right. know. Got to blow on
0: the
2: (laughs) cartridge. I'm still blowing on some cartridges. Uh, uh, Exactly. So I do think that there was a whole lot of imagination at work for many of us as kids. The types of games we would come up with and play. I mean, everything from freeze tag to cans to... Bro, bro. I I got to play some
0: real shit right now. (laughs) Did you know... And I got to ask Ralph too, bro. There are people who don't know what cans is, bro. I don't
1: surprise. But it's cans. You don't know oh. what cans is. <laughs> That's a Midwest thing. It got to be a Midwest. <laughs> you
2: see, you see, bro, it so, was the shit in Milwaukee, bro. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, because not all of us had basketball hoops or access to a basketball court. Mm-hmm. So the closest thing we would get, we'd go on the sidewalk and we just get <laughs> two soda cans. you crush them down flat and you put them... 10, 15 feet apart from each other. And the goal was just to shoot the basketball and hit the the other person's can. (laughs) You get up to like five or 10 to win or something like that. But that was the game.
1: Wow.
2: I imagine it came out of the fact that there, you know, no hoops. But yeah, I mean, that that's the nature of, I think, growing up in that era, and I suppose people who grew up in the 80s, the 60s, the 70s, or whatever, would have their own, you know, similar types of stories about not having none of the stuff we even had. Mm-hmm. But at that time, I do remember my imagination being so powerful, so at work, being so creative, and that was the case for many of the people I remember being around whether it's coming up with these different types of games to play, the stuff that you create. I did go to an art school. So the kind of stuff that, you know, we do there from paint class to, you know, theater class to whatever. So I was, I remember that my childhood being a very creative, imaginative time. And also, you know, the realness, I grew up in the hood. And so I was also imagining myself getting out. And what the possibilities could be about how I could get out of what I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. And, you know, seeing what I saw, you know, I grew up in some rough spots. And so for me as a kid, you know, what I see on TV and and different things that would inspire me, I gravitate towards it, you know, my imagination would run and I try to go in that direction. Ralph, what was that like
0: for you, man? Like did you were, did you always kind of have that? experience too because I, I felt like that a lot i think my first few experiences watching tv i just i was already like memorizing the lion king when i was like four years <laughs> old. Like, my parents always knew they were gonna i don't know i think they just knew i would be doing
1: something with acting or creative but um it's funny because it's just like you're saying like these kids hopefully they still have the imagination you know because i think that's like what you manifest older in your adult life, you know? I I don't know about you, when I was a kid, I was always imagining like I was in a boy band or like my cousins were in a band or we'd play these games. Like I was Simba or Rafiki, depending on who, like, you know (laughs) what I mean? And we'd play our own little adventure based off Lion King. So, and now it's just like, you understand as an adult, your imagination takes you further than anything. Like, you know, like, and I believe in that. Like, so hopefully these kids, like, despite the technology they, they retain some kind of imagination or creative outlet because that is very impactful for when you're in the arts as an artist now I feel right like because I was always thinking like before the EGOT I was saying that shit as a kid like I was like I'm gonna get an Emmy I'm gonna get I think Whoopi Goldberg like when I was a kid I remember her just like winning these awards I was like I want to be like Whoopi like just getting a Tony and no one was saying EGOT at the time I was like six years old. Like, I was just like, I remember that vividly. Like, I was just like, I want to get these things. I mean, as an adult, things change, life happens, but it was just like, it's funny how like, now I'm like, wow, I'm in LA. Like, I was saying this thing as a kid, like, but I was just joking. I didn't know, but I don't know. I feel like imagination as a kid, it's like the purity of it is like God sent, you know, like right. God is like in your head, just like giving you these images that like that are unfiltered because your life is not even like you're just perceiving life. So anything that's in your head is pure. So
0: I feel like for these young kids, like, you know, who's growing up now, it's like, I I'm interested. I'm honestly, I'm interested to see how the, the next generation, like how my little cousins and my nieces and how they evolve into being creative and how they use that. Cause it's like, I don't know. I don't know. And I I haven't been, you know, in the trenches, maybe like you, Jeremy, of, of being with with the kids in that capacity, um, teaching, you know, just on a day to day basis. Like I've done some workshops and things, but I'm like, I'm interested in how kids are going to find originality in this new technological era. I think that's more difficult. You know what I mean? I think uh, from what do you mean by originality what 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 is that to you
2: originality?
0: well, I think like f- from what Ralph is saying, like you know when you're alone, I think even as an adult now, like when I'm alone and I and I'm i I'm, I'm trying to do this more often in my life right now like I've just been looking at the times in my in my life where I just turn off the TV, I'd set down my phone and I'm literally. Like I usually watch a show or something. Like I'll watch a, whatever TV show I'm watching on on my lunch breaks. And I'm I, just the past week I turn off the TV and I'll just sit and eat alone, just quiet, listening to my neighborhood, listening to the sounds of my house, and just like I just tried it a couple times, and I think that like people are kids and people who are, you know, we we have ADD now. We have anxiety. We have all these things that make us feel like we need to fill silence
2: mm-hmm.
0: and i think that's what at least my in my observation of what you're saying ralph is like god that that space for god like that silence i think those are where my most original thoughts come from when i'm journaling or when i'm just thinking about my life or the past or you know my parents my ancestors like And I think if you are constantly on a screen or watching something or listening to something, if you always need something on, I don't know, I don't know if if you're leaving enough room for that originality.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I seen even you, Jeremy, like, what do you do when you're not acting? Like, I, I see, I know on your IG, you be playing piano and stuff sometimes.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I've been doing. I mean, these last two years, I've really stepped away in large part from acting to focus in on music. I obviously, you know, I'm an actor and that's something I'm probably always gonna do, but I'm more interested these days in producing and in being behind the camera. I've been learning a whole lot about the pipeline for producing, particularly with regard to animation, special effects types of production, going into live action or into animation. But for me, music really was my first passion. I mean, mm-hmm. I I believe, and I think it's been clear that I was gifted as an actor, but I know I had the gift of, of music early on. I was in band, I was playing instruments at an early age, piano, trumpet, guitar, singing in choir, and different things like that, mm-hmm. but I, No one ever told me this. I just, I suppose, got it in my head that I had to choose one path, Hmm. that I I needed to. And I I think there was some, you know, there's an interesting saying that I kind of always lived by. And a friend of mine totally blew my mind. So there's the saying, jack of all trades, master of none, right? About a year or so ago, a good friend of mine, I, I brought it up. So I said, you know what they say, Jack of all trades, master of none. And he said, he added this, Jack of all trades, master of none, is better than master of some. Hmm. I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, Jack of all trades, master of none, and he said, is better than master of some.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that the other day, like, when they were like, oh, you guys never finished a quote, like, master, yeah, I, I'm relating to you, Jeremy, on that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah.
2: And it kind of, um, I suppose, released me from this notion that, you know, you got to become the master of this thing, and you got to spend so many hours on this thing, and you got to perfect it and do it and and then be that. Whereas I know that I'm an artist and I know that I have gifts in multiple, multiple different areas. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus talked about, you know, the talents when he get when when the parable of giving talents to the uh, servants and one of them puts it, buries it. One of them goes and, you know, gets a little bit of something off of it and one of them gets a lot of something off of it. Yeah. And when the master comes back, the 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 servants who actually basically reaped some rewards off of their talent, they were uh, applauded and and, and 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 given you know good job. But mm-hmm. the one who buried his to save it, right? Yeah. And, and and you know I would always read that and be like, well, what's wrong with that? You didn't want to lose it. You wanted to make sure <laughs> what the master gave him, he wasn't gonna mess it up. But he buried it. And they was chastised. for that. And I think about that, too. You know, music has always been really important okay. to me. And so over the years, I've kind of done it as a hobby. But I decided a couple of years ago, you know what? I am going to get serious about it. I'm going to get a band. I'm going to start making music and make the kind of stuff that I feel good about. Put yeah. vibrations into the world that I feel, yes, sir. From, yes sir. You know, help and and that will hopefully move people, not for the sake of being famous or you know, being a multi-million, although I'm trying to get paid, but <laughs> for the sake of you know, doing what I love and believing enough that it could touch somebody else and, and make them feel those good vibrations. Mm-hmm. So um that's, you know, as far as acting goes, that i released myself from the, the the notion that I just have to do that. I want people to see me as the actor. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, no, forget that, man. I, 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 y- YOLO, right? So <laughs> I'm going to make my music. I'm going to start producing stuff, creating animated projects and different things that I'd be proud of.
1: Now, when you were
2: coming up with,
1: like, that decision, like, I am going to do it all, was there a part of you that was just like like overwhelmed by everything at one point? You're just like, yo, there's so many people that are experts in music, and I'm just getting into it. And then you're just like, Well, if I let go of acting, these people are getting roles that I clearly can get. was there like a like confusion in your head, like not confusion, but just like a conflict of just like, but if I stay here, I can exceed. But if I don't do this, like was how do you like? finally come to the conclusion like, okay, I can do it all and be at peace where I am in everything.
2: Well, number one, I I try to find peace regardless of all of the stuff, right? And I've always kinda, I suppose I had a chip on my shoulder for a long time because I felt like, you know what, I gotta be able to make it in Hollywood. I could go off and start producing stuff and had endeavored to do that and had, you know, right out of college a couple of things that I was working on and trying to do. But I kind of had a chip on my shoulder that, you know, if I didn't go the route of Hollywood and auditioning and going, you know, climbing my way up, if I didn't do that, then maybe it's because I couldn't do it. And so I committed myself to that. And and by the grace of God, I've been able to work and, and work on some pretty awesome projects and I feel great about it and I feel personally like you know regardless of the awards I fulfilled my dream you know the dream of that little boy to mm. just be on the TV <laughs> mm. and so I've surpassed that and you know been blessed to be able to experience things that I could have never imagined as an actor and so I suppose that chip kind of at a certain point you know, and then dealing with the industry, you know, the things that, you know, you come up against as an African-American in the industry. At a certain point, it's just like, you know what? I can, I I know what I'm capable of. Mm. And if you are in the position, and this is the unfortunate position for so many actors, if you're in the position of essentially hat in hand, looking for a job, mm-hmm. no matter how great this job is that you may book today, It only lasts a certain amount of time. And nobody knows if that's going to go on for a year. You know, if it's a show, for example, a year, two years, six years, 15 years. Right. And, you know, however awesome the movie is that you may be doing. Well, you might be shooting that for three, six months. They might be doing a sequel or a third. Who knows? But at the end of that project, you're looking for the next job and the next job and the next job. And I'm too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, at one point I said to my agent, because I, you know, I was in frustration. This was a few years ago. I said to my agent, imagine if you were to, you know, get offered a job at this high-profile agency. And uh, you've been in the industry for 20 years. And they they said, you know, they'd offer you a job, but it would be as the receptionist, even though you've been in the industry as an agent of 20 years. Mm. How would that make you feel? <laughs> and I'm I like, that, well, that's how I feel. You know, I could have been a doctor. I could have been a lawyer any other thing if I had put time into it, and there'd be a certain level of, of financial security that would come with that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at a certain point, what you realize as an artist, going back to Joel's point about the hustle, it's not so much even a matter of um, purely just the creative instinct, it's also the hustle instinct. It's also realizing, well, how else can I use my talents, monetize those talents so that I'm able to provide for myself, provide for my family, secure a future for us so that you know the generations to come will have it a little bit easier. And that for me disabuses all of those overwhelming thoughts to your point, Ralph about, well, this person might be doing it. I used to be really insecure among other artists. I went to Juilliard. So I even John Baptiste, I was in school with him. This brother just got five Grammys. Wow. And I remember we had to take a music course, a part of our curriculum, a music course, music history. And our music teacher would bring in some of the jazz musicians to just hang with us, play, and different things. And so the first time I met John was my freshman year. And we knew he was a genius back then. (laughs) Mm. And and being around these amazing musicians kind of made me insecure, because I'm like, well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I think at a certain point, it comes down to, at least for me, it just came down to believing in my voice. Not just my singing voice, because I sing, but my voice. What is it that I have to say? No Mm -hmm. matter how awesome these other people are, and there are some really awesome people out there, well, I got something to say. Mm -hmm. And there's something that is coming from me and my experience that's going to be uniquely different from these others, even if it's the same song, right? If it's a cover or Mm -hmm. something. And so there's some level that I, I just realized to believe in myself, to believe in my voice, and to push forward with those other things that I, I want to do for the hustle and for the love of it.
0: To drown out that noise of listening to your own voice can can be really difficult. So how did you find that kind of discovery
2: of that? Well, I, th- I think in so many ways, I've kind of always gone to the beat of my own drummer, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I've never been one to really just go along with the crowd or go along with what's hot or what's popular. But in my professional work, you know, there there was an experience that I had where I had to quit a show and and become pretty public about it. And I know you know about it, Joel. Mm -hmm. Um, And it had to do with so many different reasons that were very clear to those of us who are Black men and women that there's some other stuff going on that just wasn't accepted. Yeah. And, you know, we can get into it, but to to speak on it in a very truncated manner, I had to publicly say, yo, I'm out, I'm quitting the show, and these are the reasons why. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the most stressful, overwhelming, anxiety-ridden moments of my life, but it came down to me speaking out. Mm -hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, and let my voice be heard among a lot of other people who weren't willing to do that because they were afraid, or they, you know, had different things that they just weren't willing to sacrifice. Because you know, you, you sacrifice when you do that. There's certain things you do, mm-hmm. and um, at that moment, I was like, "Well, Jeremy, what you gonna do now?" <laughs> and I think that's the moment where I really found my voice, mm-hmm. where I knew that I wasn't afraid to to put myself out there. Even if that meant sacrificing my career, that for me was me really finding my voice. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And since then, it's like, well, now that people heard you, <laughs> yeah. what else you got to say? What What now? Are you just gonna be quiet and you know fade, fade to black? or what was it gonna be now? And so for me, it's, it's driving forward, you know, what's, what is my voice? What's my sound? Mm, you know, yeah.
0: with, with regard to music, yeah. What kind of stuff is uh is coming out of you, man? Like, I mean, I know I'm excited to
2: to hear. Yeah. You got some stuff uh, coming out soon. Yeah, and I'm I'm still a student. You know, I, I I'll probably always consider myself a student, especially with regard to music. But for me, rhythm is everything. And so I I love and i have always been a fan of African music. I lo- I listen to everything though Latin music, classical music. I know some of everything, and I've always loved to listen to different genres. You know, I I'd be hard pressed to to not want to listen to certain things. Obviously now you know with pop and like mumble rap, you know. But for <laughs> me, you know, I grew up in an era where music made me feel a certain thing. Listening to Jill Scott. The Roots, Lauryn Hill, uh, Tribe Called Quest, listening to Pac and others, there was a certain feeling that it gave. me, Yeah. Particularly with like Neo Soul, like D'Angelo, or Music Soul Child, stuff like right. that. But then I think about these amazing artists from the continent, people coming out of Nigeria, Fela Kuti, or you look at like WizKid or, or Melvito, okay. but d- different amazing, Rhythms and mel- So for me, it's about the rhythm. Melody, there's only so much you can do with melody. <laughs> and that's why you hear a lot of the different chord progressions, especially in pop music, it's like three chords that they use. C, A, G, or some variation of
1: it. And then you do the A minor chord when you're feeling creative. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah. rhythm. Yeah.
2: And so going to Africa, Going to Latin music, you listen to rhythm stuff like um, Hector Lavoe, Willie Colon. It's like old school mm-hmm. Latin. W- when you hear what was possible with rhythms, so much becomes possible. So, so that's where I've been, and that's the kind of music that I want to make. But it all comes down to me, the vibrations, yes, and I yes. want to be able to dance to good music. So I got to make something that I can dance to, too. You know, and make love to. You <laughs> know what <I> mean? So. <laughs> That's what I'm working on. That's what I'm trying to put out there. (laughs) Uh, People don't even live out one of their dreams. You about
0: to get started on the the second one. Like, (laughs) I I, got to get new glasses. I broke some glasses the other day. So I got to get a new prescription. So I went to the technician to get an eye exam and everything. And I I was just curious. I was talking to the girl who was doing the exam. And I was like, how long did you go to school to do this? I was just curious. I was like, well, how, how, how does this work? And she was like, oh, um, she was like, you know what? I'm gonna tell you the truth. I went to school for criminal justice Mm -hmm. and she had wanted to be a sheriff. I think a sheriff's deputy, but she had found herself. Like she, she needed a job and she, a friend hooked her up with a job at the front desk at a doctor's office. Right. So uh, optometrist, whatever. She had just been working in that industry for like, I don't know, three or four years, maybe it sounded like. And I can still tell like she was kind of going to settle into this maybe. And, you know, she was making good money and she had this whole other dream that she was kind of like postponing or like not really doing. I think what a lot of what you're talking about, Jeremy, is like, what is your comfortability with risk, you know, with financial security or with taking a chance on yourself with Using your voice and speaking out, and because some people go their whole lives like just never really able to
2: access one of their dreams. Well, I've learned to get comfortable with not getting a lot of sleep, mm-hmm. with you know being run down, <laughs> mm-hmm. and still being able to operate at the maximum capacity. And obviously, mental health and physical health are important. And I think for for anyone listening, it would be important for each person to understand what the balance is for them. You know, I'm I'm used to that because I've been trained in, in in different ways to be able to operate on ten with three hours of sleep. You know, mm. and I, I'm I'm still kind of in that. These days, I try to get six to eight hours. You know, being able to manage as much as possible to make your dreams happen is important, and and, and I think that that means sometimes you got to sacrifice sleep. Sometimes it means you got to sacrifice hanging out with friends or going to the concert or whatever the case may be in order to pursue that dream and fulfill it.
0: Which is also uh, I had to I had to bring this up, bro. I need to know about your your health regimen.
2: His skin is like aqua for
1: like for the view or the listeners. His skin is clear. It's like I'm like yo. I know black don't crack, but you got like some creamy crack. crack. I don't know what's going on. I guess, the
2: camera the camera is is very flattering. I, I'm okay. I'm not, like my camera look. look- <laughs> you look like an Instagram filter. Like it don't even. It's <laughs> <Yeah, I
0: know.
1: laughs> just so baby smooth, bro. <laughs> like,
2: uh, oh, that's, yeah, that's yeah. nice though. No, <laughs> oh, man, I mean, you know, to be totally honest, um, eating healthy. I mean, that, that's part of the key. I mean, I, I, I don't eat as healthy as I should, but I certainly try to maintain, you know, drinking a lot of water, you know, clean, good water. We we use the zero filter, and I absolutely love it. I, I'm somebody that I get anything I buy, I do consumer reviews and I look <laughs> at chemicals and stuff like yeah. that. So this uh, zero filter, it literally is that it, it, they give you. Have you ever seen the, the the tester that you put in water and it sees how, what the particles yeah, are in the water? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it comes with it. The filter comes with it and it gets it down to zero. That's how good the filter is. You know, water is important, fruits, vegetables anyway the skin is an organ
1: Yo, i knew he was drinking good water i knew he was drinking good water I'm just like because i drink water my skin's all right but your
2: skin is lawless right now it's just Yo, like that's nice
1: i just knew it was good water
2: i knew, I knew uh, that, that's part of the key i yeah. use witch hazel you know I put that on my face you okay. know creams to you know blemishes and everything yeah. probably as much as the next person but I mean, honestly, you know, water and 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 having at least a, a decent fruit and vegetable intake is key, man. We also know the brain is an organ, too. And I think that, you know, a lot of times that's not really in consideration when we think about growing up in food deserts like some of us did. Right. Where you're just drinking Little Debbie cakes or eating Little Debbie cakes and drinking grape drink. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, that affects you, you know? And so these days, you know, I try to maintain, you know, you know, good, good health. Yeah. You ain't starting like a garden or anything, are you? Oh yeah. I got one. Yeah. Yeah. I that's what I thought. A, I built a garden bed on the side of the house. I got to get out there. Cause I, I mean, the first year I had tomatoes, cucumbers, okra. It was a A good, bountiful year.
1: Potatoes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Are you a prayer man or a meditation? What's your form of contact? I pray. I definitely pray. And I know that it works. To go back to what you said earlier, Joel, you know, when you get into that quiet time Mm -hmm. and you can just be, but out of that too, you can speak things into that quiet. I mean, that's, that's Genesis, right? Yeah. In the beginning was the, well, this is the book of Matthew, but in the beginning was the Word. Mm -hmm. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So it was the Word that said, let there be light, and then there was light out of the silence and darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that it's important for us to spend time in the silence of darkness I try to I need to do it more but I know for a fact prayer works I couldn't be where I am without a whole lot of prayer from my mother my grandma you know mm-hmm. the, the people of my family who prayed over me as well as the prayers of my, my youth so yeah. as yeah. I as I get older too man I know I don't know if y'all do this too,
0: but I will be catching myself saying little stuff that like my aunties were saying. You know what I mean? Like I'll be headed down the stairs and I'll be carrying something heavy. I'll be like, oh Lord Jesus, help me down. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm like, bro, this is, this is in me. It's in me. Yeah. It sleeps in, man. It sleeps in. They control it. <laughs> bro, I don't know. It's
0: just, I mean, and that's, it's also like, I, I, I got to tell y'all some real shit. Like, I was at this party last night. I was telling Ralph about it earlier. I got really drunk. I got really drunk. But uh, it was so much fun, man. It was this bonfire thing. And, bro, all the Black people that were hanging out, obviously, there's a bunch of white people, too. It was, you know, comedy creators and actors mm-hmm. and comedy folks were at this party. Mm-hmm. But all the Black people, like, bro, we just started hitting this groove of, like, very spiritual talk, like, effortlessly i didn't know who these people were really before (laughs) but we all just like legit started opening up about like our ancestors and like losing our parents and just like just Mm. super vulnerable like straight off the bat like and all these you know white people are just sitting around like obviously they're vibing off of us too but we were like legit effortlessly just I don't know what that is about black people. Like, we just be so connected
1: with- We chosen, bro, we chosen, the bro. The elements, like, bro, like- so, bro. Especially when we were drunk, like, most of us, like, when we're thrown, that's when we're, like, really talking, like, deep. You know what I mean? I think that's the opportunity to, like, be vulnerable with another person without being drunk. Ju- like, because most of us don't go to therapy, therapy. We just, we take some Hennessy and we talk to our family. You know what I mean? Like, or we talk to some strangers. And if you, Black people will listen to gospel while getting drunk at a club. Like, you turn on Marvin. I like, never would have made it. I remember being in a club. Everyone stopped what they were doing. I mean, it was ratchet. And everyone stop what they're doing, put their drink in the air, just like, well, <laughs> because they understand, bro, like, yeah. no matter where we at, we're, yeah. we're, we're God's people, you know what I mean? Like, no matter what you believe in, there's a spiritual underlining that we have, bro. That's why it's magical when black people are together, and that's why people be soaking it in, like, what is that?
2: Like, <laughs> I want that! I want that so bad! <laughs> <laughs> they don't really want it, though. Yeah, they don't know because it they comes know. with a whole lot of other stuff that they don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm with you, man. I, I, that's beautiful. I'm, I'm not surprised. <laughs> hey, the, it's the truth serum, man. Once you start drinking, yeah, that truth gonna come up on you. And, it, and another thing, <laughs> 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 I tell y'all, I love y'all. Oh, exactly. <laughs> That's what happens, though. Yeah. You know, we
1: don't talk enough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We need to talk. You know what I'm saying? And then the next day, just be like yo, that was crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> nah, we'll
2: right,
1: you saw that Bulls about. game, don't though. You about. saw that Bulls game. That Bulls game, raw. Like we don't go back to the deep until. No,
2: no, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you, you said. I mean, there's a certain vibration too, in terms of being connected to the universe and the creator of the universe. Mm-hmm. And there's certain music that puts you right on that wavelength. Mm-hmm. Kirk Franklin to do it every time, every time. You know, regardless of the tight, tight jeans and tight pants he be wearing, he to <laughs> put you on that wavelength. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be trying to be over here. Yo. no no, no, <laughs> <laughs> is today, if we could just gather.
1: I'm like, oh, this man sang for 20 years, no one offered him a cough drop. <laughs> like, you know?
2: well, you know, he, he's basically the gospel version of like DJ Khaled, right? Yeah. Because he, he he don't sing. But he <laughs> used to. Do.
1: I saw a rare video of Kirk Franklin actually singing on YouTube. I was like, Really? Oh, he could do it. He really could do it. Yeah, I feel like yeah, he's drained his
2: voice. That's like it's, seeing Bigfoot or something. I need to see that. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I was surprised. I was like, oh, he's actually singing. Oh, wow. Like mm-hmm. it was pretty good to see. And then I think he just like it was like early 90s, like before our like Kirk Franklin, before our time, I feel like. Yeah. I think he just strained his voice singing so loud for the church, bro. And he was just like, oh. DJ Kelly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We the best, bro. <laughs> we
1: are the best, yo. We are. Like I'm saying. Yeah, that. man. It's a pleasure.
2: It, it really is good to catch up with you.
0: No doubt. Uh, no doubt. Well, y'all already know, man. Follow us, like us, subscribe, rate us five stars wherever you can. Um, we are at High Power Pod on Instagram. Keep up with us. Hear all the episodes at HighPowerPod.com. And uh, we're gonna catch y'all on the next one. And you know, talk to God if you need to. With, yes, a little sir. with a little Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is sponsored in part by Validation, the mental prescription medicine that fills up all your voids. Now available with all new flavors like Rihanna retweeted me, or married before my sister, or lemon pepper. Ask your doctor if Validation is right for you.